We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me right now to talk about our fine sponsor, Lamb Chops, is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. And Chris, I got to tell you, I went out, and you'll remember last time I did not have my Lamb Chop shorts on, and it was the worst episode I've ever done. So I had my lamb chop shorts on today and I had to run an errand. I had to go to a specialty store, we'll call it. And while I was in there, like three different people, I wore my lions, my shorts with the lions all over them. Three different people were like, love your shorts. Really like your shorts. Where'd you get those shorts? It's like sglambchops.com, baby. Promo code <laughs> candlestick20. So fingers crossed, we get some converts into the into the lamb chop herd here. I uh I wore my whale shorts on uh my second date with my girlfriend back in October. That's that explains everything about your relationship. And now uh now we're living together. So make of that <laughs> what you will. <laughs> no, I mean the, we we love lamb shops. Look, like the sweat shorts, the mesh shorts, the sweatpants, the hoodies, the shirts. The the shirts are some of my favorites because the quality is just really good. Uh, they don't yeah they don't die after one trip through the washer yeah that like they're very they're very like tough but also soft um they fit really well they're like modern fitting which i I know we all appreciate as we as we get older in age uh just really high quality stuff i love the zippers i love the cleaver on the zippers um high quality stuff and like very fashionable very very cool definitely in line with today's like more comfortable style of clothing since so many of us are working from home um, and being on the go and, and things like that. Very, uh, I, I, we we're just talking about for the pod, how I haven't worn denim in a long time. Well, a, a big reason for that is <laughs> wearing lamb chops quite a bit. Sure. Uh, so check out, uh, sg promo code candlestick 20. You will save 20% on your order. Um, and yeah, we're big fans. I'm, I'm wearing my lamb chop shorts right now and, uh, and they're not have it any there. other way on the site right now. You can also hit them on Instagram. Uh, just SG Lamb Chops. Follow them there on Instagram. It's a brand of the mission to lead the herd with original and high quality clothing. Check and check. They offer one of a kind clothing solutions. Check our clothing options, not solution. One of a kind, one of a kind clothing options. Check. And uh, they have unique statement pieces like the Orca shorts or the Lion shorts, and then Everyday Essentials. More kind of, I don't want to say plain, but more what's the word I'm looking for? Neutral. 
designs, just plain colored things, uh, which is the Cleaver logo, just the Lamb Chops logo. Very good stuff. Uh, SGLambChops.com, Instagram at SGLambChops. We are also sponsored by our friends over at Oakley. And the sun is shining. It was super hot today out in the area of the Bay Area where I live. And I used to hate when it's hot. Chris, as you know, I hate the heat. I always aim to beat the heat. But at least the heat means the sun's out and I get to rock my sick-ass Oakley sunglasses. I wear my Houstons every single day. They're the ones with the circles, with the cool like angles, classic look with the, with the modern spin. Really, really love those. I have my Holbrooks. I've been wearing those a lot as well because I wear those every single day. Whether you run, golf, train, or you just want to look like your favorite athlete or podcaster like Lamar Jackson, Debo Samuel, maybe Aaron Jones. If you see an interview with Aaron Jones, indoors, outdoors, he's got his Oakleys on. And that's the move. I subscribe to what Aaron Jones is doing. Or if you want to look like me and Chris with our Oakleys, then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today suited for every day. Eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self, an expression of your personality. There's more than meets the eye. You know, that's what I always say. And listen up because it's officially almost summer. You know, what? it's summer. I'm just saying summer's here, man. It's definitely it's, summer. It's summer. It's so, so sweaty all the time, <laughs> uh, which <laughs> that means, you know, there's there's um, the relationship between how sweaty I am and how much I need to upgrade upgrade my sunglass game is directly proportional like that. That relationship exists just simpatico. And so I have done that. Got a, got myself a couple pairs of Oakley's, the Houston's, the Baxter's that are like the Ricky Henderson style. I'm going to wear those. If I'm going to a baseball game soon. I'm going to rock the Baxter's out there. And then the Holbrook's just a really classic square frame design. But those are just three that I always mention. There are so many different styles at Oakley.com. You can find one that suits you today and upgrade your sunglass game in time for summer. And Oakley offers that prism lens technology that we talk about all the time. Proprietary technology to Oakley that's available for everyday settings as well. And if you want to know more, I know you do, head on over to oakley.com today. And while you're there, snag yourself a new pair of sunglasses in time for baseball games, for training camp. Training camp's coming up. If you're going to be out there, you want to look dope in your sunglasses. Maybe you got barbecues, pool parties, things like that. Get some new shades, I'm telling you, because when you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com for more information today. All right. We are going to keep going with our 49ers roster preview. We're going to take a look at the wide receivers today. We've gone back. We've done quarterbacks. We've done running backs. If you've not listened to those and you want to go do that, uh, we encourage you to do so. Um, but today we're going to dive into the wide receivers and a small celebration as well. Here we go. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. we messed up last episode because we had Jordan Rodriguez, the athletic and she was fantastic talking about her upcoming 
audio documentary, The Play Callers. Really, really fun episode. I enjoyed the heck out of that conversation. And I enjoyed talking to you about the Chris Paul trade and, you know, trying to draw an NFL parallel to that or a 49ers parallel to that. We just blew past our 500th episode. Just totally didn't say anything about it, didn't do anything about it. We'd kind of mentioned it a few times coming up to it. Like, hey, we're at 492. Hey, we're at 496. And then just 500 came and went. Shout out to you, man. <laughs> Shout out to you. Shout out to, uh, <laughs> to to Jordan for marking the 500th episode unintentionally. Um, no, man, it's 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 really cool. It's come a long way. Like we started at the end of 2018, which wasn't probably wasn't the best time to start a podcast, <laughs> given Tough given scene. where the 49ers were at that point. We were talking a lot about Antonio Brown and about why they should probably draft Nick Bosa if he's available um and then a lot of Quinn of, and Williams content yeah, a lot of Quinn and Williams content um and I you know I think uh I think it's been it's been super fun man we've had some amazing guests we've had Patrick Willis Jerry Rice George Kittle Kyle Juszczyk Peter King Mike Jordan Sando Henry. Kevin Clark um you know I'm I'm dropping all these names I got to pick them up over here but no, I mean, I, I think that the pot like Mayoko Debo? Barrows, Debo, yeah, um, you know, so many people and uh, and it, everyone's been super supportive along the way. The live events have been awesome. We're planning on having another live event early in the season, potentially look look towards that weekend um, following the 49ers home opener. They open week three that Thursday night, which leaves us mm-hmm. the weekend, which is awfully convenient from the NFL schedule makers. So shout out to them. Uh, but no, man, this the listeners of the pod, the, the support's been great. Um, we've we've really enjoyed it. We're planning on doing other things to continue to grow and continue to allow everyone to consume our content in different ways. I think you could put two and two together on that. If you're if if you've been on YouTube at all in the last couple of years, seeing how other people have have expanded their podcasts to the YouTube and streaming platforms. That's on the docket here. So um, it's been really fun. And most importantly, man, shout out to you for putting up with me and my rambling and scheduling and, um, you know, just uh, what the, the most consistent thing. There's a lot, been a lot of crazy stuff that's happened in life. And uh, and, you know, personally and like broadly with the pandemic and everything. But the most consistent thing really for me has been the podcast. Um, <laughs> and, and that's and that's super dope. And uh, I'm super th- thankful for you, buddy. And uh Man, 501 episodes. That's crazy. Yeah. Two-way street there, man. This is uh, one of my favorite things to do. Really look forward to doing this um, every single day and appreciate you uh, putting up with me. I was going to make the same type of comment. So ditto what you said. And everybody who listens, I have not run into a single person publicly who has been like, hey, hate your podcast. (laughs) And I know because that's an insane thing to do. Like People aren't (laughs) going to do that. But uh, everybody uh, online that has come up and, and seen me either at, at games or run into people at the like grocery store. Um, always super nice. And like people say, we couldn't do this without you. Like we literally couldn't because <laughs> if people didn't listen to this, we wouldn't be doing it. So um, thank you everybody for, for listening, for your positive feedback, for your critiques and your ideas. It's always super appreciated. And anytime somebody jumps into my mentions with a bit from the show, it really light it lights me up. I get I get super psyched off that. So uh, appreciate appreciate everybody listening to we this. We get it. People are in your mentions. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> 
I was blowing up your mentions during the King's press conference and couldn't get a couldn't get a word from you. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, I use my phone as my recording device, so I'm not on there scrolling scrolling my Twitter mentions to see what's happening. I love the idea of doing King stuff. I love the idea that your phone's up there on the table, and (laughs) I'm just lighting up your phone with, "Hey, ask Money McNair about his sweater vest or his, (laughs) his his vest." His, ask him, Chris. His, Chris, ask him. His tech guy, <laughs> his tech bro vest. Yeah, he, he's acknowledged that he does wear the vest a lot. Um, and it's kind. Of, I think he's leaning into it as kind of his look. I love that for him. Yeah, I think it's an important thing for a GM to have. I think that's honestly the next step in John Lynch's general manager tenure is having like a look, like the the iron jaw, like the the chiseled cheekbones is isn't the look no that's just his face the quaff of of hair like he's got no, the i need a no john lynch has sometimes... got the former tv guy and former nfl guy look like kind of perfected but in, you're, you're talking about like aesthetic like clothing yeah because there's there's times he looks like a like a dad dropping off his kid for their first day of college he has that vibe a lot we got to get him a lamb chop sweatsuit dude <laughs> John Lynch pulled up to a presser in a lamb chops hoodie and matching sweatpants. I would lose my mind. <laughs> I think Kyle hey, if, John Lynch, if John Lynch had a choice of animal print pants to wear, he's definitely choosing lion, right? Yeah. Yeah, probably that that's what I was gonna say. Lion or okay. wolf. Okay. Need some bear, like that the 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 bear animal, Ooh. I feel like or the bear is missing from the animal print shorts, but do we have enough pull to get bear shorts? Oh, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Fingers crossed, Craig. Craig this is our know. official request for bear shorts. <laughs> receivers. Craig's a homie. Craig's yeah. a homie from, from Lamb Chops. Let's talk receivers. Let's talk about real stuff. Get us back on track. Yeah. All right. Wide receivers. The 49ers have some of them. And I I think the big question going into this year with as far as a wide receiver position goes, and, and we'll get to kind of what the back end of the roster looks like, but it's Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, Ray Ray McLeod. It's those four, and then another one or two, depending on how the roster shakes out. But I think the biggest thing at, at receiver going into this season for me is, is this the last year that we get Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk together? Because Ayuk is heading into his fourth year and he has a fifth year option they have picked up but he probably doesn't want to play on that fifth year option and i'm guessing the niners don't necessarily want him playing on the fifth year option so is this a spot where the niners have to choose next offseason or i guess okay let me (laughs) i'm trying to get to like four questions down the line here is this the last year of the Debo Samuel Brandon Ayuk pairing do you think it wouldn't surprise me right because we we've seen it now and we've talked about it before that we have we we sort of have precedent with the 49ers not double dipping really with like super expensive guys at the same position whether that's DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead even though the Niners did just sign Javon Hargrave while still having Eric Armstead on the roster Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, they they did it with Mike McGlinchey and Trent Williams, letting Mike McGlinchey go on free agency to the Denver Broncos on a lucrative deal. Um, and I think Kyle Shanahan has enough faith 
And I think the front office has enough equity to be like, man, if we can trade Debo Samuel while his stock is really high and not pay him um, his cap hit in 2024 next season is 28 million. Mm-hmm. Right. So like is Debo Samuel at his peak, a $28 million player. I think that's probably debatable, but I think, as At his time, peak, yes, he is. Yeah, but right, but twenty eight million is a lot. Like twenty eight million, he's the most expensive player on the team. Him and Trent Williams are both making twenty eight million. Debo Samuel is making twenty eight five, and Trent Williams is making twenty eight million in um, at least against the cap like, in twenty twenty four. Maybe I'm nitpicking here, but that's about. It's not quite at the top of the receiver market, but it's in that range. Yeah, and if. Debo Samuel has the season this year that he had in 2021. He's well worth 28 million. Yeah, I'm not saying he's not. What what I'm saying is, do you want to be paying 40, 50 million dollars combined AAV average, whatever, nice. for your top two receivers, or can you do what the Kansas City Chiefs did and trade Tyree Kill for a haul and not really lose a whole lot because your offense is just that good, right? Like. Mm-hmm. If you lose Debo Samuel, you're losing a very unique weapon, but is that irreplaceable? Right? Like can you can you make up the difference with a different a different type of receiver? Can you draft somebody in round 1, right? Like the Niners are going to have a first round pick. And we've seen mm-hmm. it feels like every year there's like three or four like really good receivers that you can get that'll contribute right away. I would argue receivers the deepest position in the NFL cuz could the 49ers go get somebody else? via trade or free agency that can approximate the loss of of Debo Samuel if they would rather pay Brandon Ayuk because look we've seen it we've seen it Debo Samuel's career has been kind of a roller coaster to this point no doubt it's been good season injury plague bad season good season last year Debo Samuel said he was awful Mm -hmm. right after sluggish and out of shape sluggish and out of shape coming in after the um, you know, the long drawn out sort of dispute, however you want to say it, right? Negotiation, like, nego- contract negotiations. He admitted it was a distraction last year, I think. So, you know, th- there's there in, in terms of the way the 49ers have handled this stuff previously, there's there's certainly an argument to be made that they could get away with potentially trading Debo Samuel while his value is still really high. Send them to the Jets, send them to the East Coast, an AFC team, mm-hmm. and then, you know, recoup, recoup some draft capital that you've lost via, you know, the Trey Lance and Christian McCaffrey trades, right? Mm-hmm. And try finding another receiver with some of the resources you have rather than doling out 40 or $50 million a year combined to Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel going forward. It's a so- tough pill to swallow, but like that's when you have as many good players as the 49ers have, that's that's a problem you run into in a salary cap league. No doubt. I So if Debo bounces back and has a, has a huge year, I think that's where you see the Niners go out and try and get a first-round pick for him. If he goes 1,200 yards and 300... 1,200 receiving yards, 300 rushing yards, and 14, 15 total touchdowns. Let's just let's just say he does that again. Let me mention this too. Like as of right now, without Brandon Ayuk on a on a new contract, the and 
the, the 49ers are 13 million over the cap for 2024. Mm-hmm. So sure. Just want to put that out there. But I think if you're extending Brandon Ayuk, you're dropping his cap number in 2024. Yeah. So that makes it a little bit easier. And that's why I think the the Debo Samuel Brandon Ayuk, you know, decision, quote unquote, which one do they move forward with, doesn't necessarily need to happen until after 2024. If that makes sense. Until after next season? Yeah. Well, they're gonna they're gonna extend Ayuk, obviously, but a decision on on moving oh, on from Samuel saying. doesn't have to happen. Like this to me, this doesn't have to be the last year of Samuel Ayuk as a as a tandem and if if Debo goes out and produces this season like he did last year even if he's not you know sluggish or whatever but he's just you know shy of a thousand receiving yards a couple hundred rushing yards eight or six or eight touchdowns I think they keep him and extend Ayuk and keep that pair together for another year rather than just trying to trade Debo for you know minimal value we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's just, that's that's how I'm viewing this whole thing. Next year is going to be tough from a financial perspective because mm-hmm. you have Trent Williams making counting 28 against the cap. 28 million you have eric armstead counting for 25 6 george kittle's counting for 19.8 fred warner's counting for 24.5 and you have debo mm-hmm. accounting for 28.5 and even mm-hmm. just on his fifth year option you have brandon iu counting for 14.1 but again to your point that number is probably going to be around three or four if he if and when he does sign a new contract christian mccaffrey who's already been renegotiated his cap hit's going to be 14 million mm-hmm. um and th- this is a different discussion, but Trey Lance is 10, eight for 2024. If he's not the starting quarterback or even like, you know, if he's the third yeah. string guy this year, there's no chance they're bringing him back on, on 10.8 in 2024. <laughs> right. right. Um, so especially I, if Kirk cousins is on the team with the amount of restructuring the 49ers have done over the last couple years next mm-hmm. year is really when they when the credit card bill becomes due yeah. mm-hmm. um so that's why this is going to be a crunch when you know w- when the 49ers are starting to think about life with one of Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk yeah that's why, that's why they need their their rookies from this class to be good and productive that's that's going to be kind of a big deal but that's a that's a different conversation do you think like let's focus in on Debo? 
I said after 2021, and I didn't think this was like a crazy take. I didn't think Debo would ever do what he did in 2021 ever again. Because 1,400 rece- 1,405 receiving yards, 365 rushing yards, and 14 total touchdowns. That kind of se- unprecedented for a wide receiver. So I don't, I don't think that necessarily needs to be the bar for him having a bounce back year. But I have a, I have a really hard time believing that in this offense with this many weapons, and especially now with Christian McCaffrey, who does a lot of the things that the Niners needed Debo to do in 2021, because again, that season kind of was born out of necessity. I don't, I don't think we're ever going to see him go like a thousand receiving yards and 300 rushing yards again. I just, I don't. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't think that they need him to and B, I just don't know if he's capable of doing that with all the, with all the weapons they have here, here are his four seasons, 961 yards as a rookie. Really good. Mm -hmm. Um, 2020 pretty much catastrophic season for the entire team. Yeah. Uh, he only played in seven games, 417 yards, one touchdown, right? 2021. Mm-hmm. So we're at 961, 417 in terms of total scrimmage yards. Mm-hmm. 2021, 1,770. Amazing yeah. season and was amazing Almost. in the playoffs. 2022, 864. So we've seen that elite level of production for one season. And this is sort of, the, the, this is among the reasons why the 49ers kind of dug their heels in a little bit when it came to the contract negotiation. Yeah. It was like, yeah, man, you can do it. But like, you know, even going back to college, it's one good year, one down year because of injuries or availability or whatever, one good year, one down year. So we are in that cycle now where 2021 was really good. 2022 was not up to his standard, which he's admitted. Now, 2023 could be an, like if he does have say it's a 14 1500 yard season which mm-hmm. certainly seems yards. yeah if he, if he's scrimmage mm-hmm. yards if he stays healthy Niners might say yeah we we've, we've got what we think we can get out of you sure for an extended period of time 28 million is a lot and we think we could get 25 million worth of production from Brandon Ayuk on a new contract while his cap mm-hmm. hits three or four million because the way they you know the way they structure those deals is the cap hits are small in the beginning mm-hmm. um you know and then trade for somebody or get have have multiple first round picks and and yeah. like package them to go get somebody if you feel like you need to do that right like mm-hmm. so that's that that's kind of why that's kind of where I see this thing going. And it's unfortunate because Debo is such a good player and he's somebody that I think fans have just enjoyed watching because he's so unique. Mm-hmm. Like he feels like Jim Brown. Like I wasn't around for Jim Brown, but this like 2021 was such a unique season. Like I've never seen anybody like particularly receiver run like that. It was like it, Derrick Henry meets Barry Sanders and he wasn't <laughs> even a running back. It was, it was unbelievable how many times in 2021 it was, hey, the Niners need a big play here. And everybody knew it was going to number 19. And he still would go out and make a huge play. That's really hard to do in the NFL. 
And I, I, I honestly think a bounce back year for Debo this year looks maybe statistically like his season did last year, but with more explosive plays. Because that's really what was missing. In 2021, there were so many long touchdowns and explosive plays, whether in the in the passing game or in the run game. And then last year, that just didn't... There was the one 57-yard touchdown against the Rams. But <laughs> in fact, I was watching this, this video. It was Debo's five longest touchdowns. It came up on my timeline on Twitter. And there was the 74-yarder in the playoffs against the Seahawks this year. And the 57-yarder against the Rams. But then the other ones were all from 2021. And I think if that alone, if he can add that element of explosiveness to their offense, maybe on fewer touches, maybe it is only 800 receiving yards, and maybe it is only 200 rushing yards. But if he's ripping off chunk plays in those touches where he maybe gets four or five in a game, but turns those four or five touches into, into, you know, 80, 90 yards. That's, that's where I think he can have a bounce back year where, where we're going, Oh, Debo's here. Like he came ready to play. Even if statistically he's not measuring up close to where he was in 2021. Yeah. I, agree. And I think that'd be a big deal for their offense. I agree. I think it's going to be hard. I mean, in 2021, the, the running back situation was kind of in shambles. Right. Brandon Ayuk started the season in the doghouse, quote unquote. Right. Like there was um, there were a lot of reasons why the 49ers needed Debo to to, to step up. And he did. And they and they had to force feed him, mm-hmm. which was a big reason that he was so productive in an ideal world. If everyone's healthy, they're not force feeding anybody in this mm-hmm. offense. Right. Because right. you have Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk. Mm-hmm. Um. And Cameron Latu. So, um, Braden Willis, <laughs> uh, and Ross Dwelly. So, I, I think they're, mm-hmm. you know, in an ideal world for Kyle Shanahan, there are just too many mouths to feed to, to really, like, if everyone's healthy, you're not just like feeding one guy over and over again. You're utilizing sure. everybody, whether that's with deception and fakes and whatever, or that's mm-hmm. actually getting the ball. So, I think that, like, to your point, Debo could have a really good year, but his mm-hmm. numbers aren't going to be 1,770 scrimmage yards like they were in 2021. I think that's fair. What are you yeah. What are you expecting from Brandon Knight? Because this is, in essence, a contract year for him. So I'm fascinated by what IU's season looks like. Because last year he was really good, but he was ostensibly the fourth option for them on a team that used three different quarterbacks throughout the year and passed the 26th most times in the league. So I don't, I don't think we're going to see a season where Brandon Ayuk has like 108 catches and 1800 yards. And it's like, Whoa, Brandon Ayuk's a top three receiver. But I do think that he can replicate what he did last year with maybe a few more targets, maybe a few more yards. And if he's in the eight to 10 touchdown range with a thousand, 1100 yards, something like that, I think he would take that. And I think too, that the big play thing with Debo, I think is going to be there for IU as well. 
but more on stretching defenses vertically. Like I think for for Debo, we could see some big plays on like the short throws over the middle because the linebackers cleared out covering McCaffrey and covering Kittle. And then there's this in-breaking route for Debo where he gets to catch a break a tackle and run forever. I think with IU, because of Purdy's willingness to, assuming Brock Purdy's a quarterback, his willingness to throw the ball down the field and push the ball down the field, I think we could see IU used more in, in those areas. Not that he's not good in the short and intermediate areas, but um, I think he could have a bigger year, even if the volume isn't necessarily higher, but just a bigger year because they're throwing it to him further down the field. Like his A dot, his average depth of target climbs quite a bit. So I think there is a quote unquote breakout season coming, but like I said, I don't think it's going to look like 1600 yards and 15 touchdowns. I don't think it's going to be something crazy like that. I want to see if, and this is assuming Brock Purdy's back and, and playing at a level that approximates to what he was last year. Mm-hmm. I want to see if Brandon IU can be m- maybe more of a possession guy, like for lack of a better term, like the guy it's like third and seven. And like, you know, Brandon, Ayuk's going to be open and mm-hmm. you're, he's going to convert a ton of third downs for you um, because he hasn't really been that guy. And that's not necessarily any fault of his own. I think what the 49ers have done is put Juwan Jennings in a lot of those situations where defenses are really worried about everybody else on third mm-hmm. down and it just allows Juwan Jennings to get a favorable matchup or find a favorable spot on the field and with leverage and and that's why he's been so productive and same with Kendrick Bourne I think Kyle Shanahan does a good job with like yeah if you're going to cover all of our dudes on third down we're going to we're going to find a soft spot for for our fourth third or fourth receiver or our fourth or fifth option however you want to look at it Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious if like if Brandon Ayuk because I think you and I are in agreement in that like if Brandon Ayuk was in a different situation with on a different team with a different quarterback, he could be one of these receivers, maybe not like Justin Jefferson, like one of the best or most productive guys in the league. Yeah. But like Brandon, it, it wouldn't be surprising to either of us if Brandon Ayuk had gotten drafted by another team and it's like, okay, he's had back-to-back 1,300-yard season. Yeah. Like, he's that good. I, I, I stand I stand by the take that if you swapped C.D. Lamb and Brandon Ayuk, they would be viewed exactly as they are, but, uh, like, uh, opposite. <laughs> yeah, like, Brandon Ayuk would be, ex- like, a star with the Cowboys. Right. Based on opportunity. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that. What's up, y'all? I am psyched to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Express your style and build a look that's made for you, man. I have been, I'm legitimately so stoked about this. I've been wearing Oakley sunglasses since I can remember. I had a pair of the Flax for when I played baseball. They were a staple. I had them. Everyone on my team had them. And I've been rocking with Oakley ever since. Oakley is changing the game. And it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, train, or do you just want to look like your favorite athlete? Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel's rocking Oakleys. Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self, an expression of your personality. There's more than meets the eye. Here on Candlestick Chronicles, we are all about look good, play good. Like We debate what players are going to be good in the NFL based on what numbers they wear. 
Like that's how much we believe in look good, play good. And that's why Oakley is the perfect partner for us. We don't leave our house in the morning without our Oakleys. And listen up, because it's officially almost summer, which means you need to upgrade your sunglass game right now. Not today, not tomorrow, because next thing you know, it's fall and you didn't upgrade your sunglass game. Go do that right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair today. I've got a pair of Holbrooks. I've had two pairs of Holbrooks in the last 15 years. They are my favorite pair of sunglasses to wear. I don't leave the house without them. But get yourself a pair of Corridors or the Sutros. Both styles I really, really love, especially for summer where you're out barbecuing or you're out at the beach. They are just the perfect sunglasses. And did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? So what the hell's that? <laughs> We're going to learn together. It's proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. You want to know more? I know you do because I sure do, and we can do this together. Head on over to oakley.com and do your own research. As you know us, we love doing your own research on this show. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. I'm telling you, people talk about the glow up with facial hair. No, no, no. My glow up came when I bought a pair of Holbrooks. So... When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try it for yourself. Well, trust me, but also try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you Oakley is not only the best looking, but it's the best quality. I told you I've had two pairs of Holbrooks. The one was because I lost them at a wedding, and I didn't even leave the town that the wedding was in before I left with a new pair of Holbrooks. I went to a to a store that sells sunglasses in the, in the town that I was visiting to get a new pair of Holbrooks uh, before before I went home. That's that's how much I love them. Uh, Oakley's not only the best looking, but they're absolutely the best quality out there. So head on over to oakley.com for more information today. Hey, it's your friends Kyle and Chris here with SG Lamb Chops, our homies. And our favorite fashion brand. Check them out at sglambchops.com. Go to Instagram and follow them at sglambchops. What's that? That's a Minnesota-based fashion brand. They were founded in 2012, and they emphasize attention to detail and premium quality, and that's reflected in the Lamb Chops brand Cleaver logo. It's so sick. It's such a sick logo. It's just a really clean, just a cleaver, and it's a custom cut and fit for every single piece. Chris, you and I both have a closet full of this stuff, and I've yet to have something from them that I don't like. I think the emphasis is definitely on quality and comfort. And we talked about it before, but we live in an era where comfort is really at the forefront when it comes to clothing. And with all these athleisure brands, very few of them are fashionable. But Lamb Chops takes all that comfort and that quality that you need, and they happen to make very fashionable items. Also, you can get just very comfortable mesh shorts with pockets. We all love those, but they can look a little bit boring sometimes. You can get some leopard print. You can get some inverted leopard print. So the inverted leopard print looks kind of cool. It looks almost like a dark camo. Well, you can get That's regular it. leopard print if you want to stand out a little bit. Um, you and I have both rocked the various animal prints. They're not even animal prints, but they're just you can get shorts with orcas and wolves and lions, mm. favorite animals. Um, you can get basic sweat shorts. Um, everything's just super comfortable, super premium and super stylish. And I think that's, that's just a great combo for, for any clothing brand, but lamb chops really stands out among the rest for that. And, uh, that's one of the reasons why we love working with them. Lamb chops is leading the herd with original and high quality clothing. They offer one of a kind clothing options from unique statement pieces to your everyday essentials. So join the group that's leading the herd 
SG Lamb Chops. That's sglambchops.com. And on Instagram at sglambchops. Follow them right now. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm curious to see, like, cause the football nerds are all the way in on Brandon Ayuk, like the film people, open, the advanced metrics people, everybody's in all the time. Yeah. That's just eye test. First of all. Yeah. Like just when you, when you go back and watch, there's so many times where Ayuk is, is five yards clearer than nearest defender, but then also all the metrics and all the analytics about his average separation. He is up there in the top four or five in all of those like route running getting open type of categories those peripher- peripheral receiving uh data points so i i just i think he's i don't know if he's ever i don't know if his numbers are ever going to reflect how talented he is yeah i mean maybe not as long as like the niners have so many options in the yeah. passing game and there's and they're generally a run heavy team are we is Brandon uh, I this is such a hard question because they're so different. But it feels to me like Brandon Ayuk's the best receiver on the Niners. Brandon Ayuk is the best route runner on the 49ers. You can make an argument from like a receiver's perspective in terms of like what you're looking for from a receiver, running routes, getting mm-hmm. open, creating catching separation, the catching the ball. You can make a case he's the best receiver on the Niners. But you would have a hard time, and this is gonna, this is nuanced and sounds stupid when you like when you say it out Hell loud. Yeah. But like, Brandon Ayuk's a better, uh, the best, the Niners' best receiver. Debo Samuel's the better player. Sure. <laughs> right. I don't like, think I, I don't know if I buy that anymore though. Oh, interesting. Like I bought that in 2021 because I think it, there were times in 2020 where Ayuk was kind of really the only guy down the stretch for them. And it was, wow, he's a really clean receiver. He's really good. Like he might be the best pure receiver on the team, but he was a better playmaker. And then that bared itself out in, in 2021 and Debo had his huge year and Ayuk ended up being pretty productive given, you know, how, how poorly he started that season. But I'm in the space now where if I'm betting on which player I think is going to be more productive this year, I think I'm betting on Ayuk. And if I'm betting on that over the next five years, I think I'm betting on Ayuk. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. I think in terms of what's sustainable over the long haul, I think Brandon Ayuk could have a 12-year career playing the way he does. Mm-hmm. I don't know if just the amount of punishment that Debo Samuel puts his body through with the way he plays and particularly mm-hmm. the way he he. He has the like finishes runs with the ball in mm-hmm. his hand. I like that's just not sustainable for a long career. Like for Debo Samuel to play 10 years in the league, his game's going to have to evolve. Yeah. And that's, so that's that's kind of that's that's kind of what I'm saying, though. Yeah. And I think that's probably why the Niners would be more inclined if they had to make a choice between the two to trade Debo mm-hmm. because Debo's like Debo as good as he is you look at his value a little bit more like a running back. Mm-hmm. Like, cause Debo five years from now might be so beat up that he's not as explosive. And then it's like, you know, the, the Ezekiel Elliott situation in Dallas, you and know, he's it, not, it, he's obviously not a running back, but like he might age like a running back given the way he plays. Yeah. And if, 
honestly, I think we saw this last year and, and you know, this is, this might wind up sounding really dumb. We're talking about this on June 28th, but I kind of, yeah, was he, did he look a little sluggish and out of shape and all that last year? He thinks he was awful. Like, okay. Yeah. But I think part of that is because teams were just on to the whole Debo running thing. Yeah. And it was not a surprise anymore. And it was not as effective. And when you remove that from his game, now it's it's like, man, you have to just go line up and, and play receiver. He's not he doesn't get a ton of separation. It's really good on on contested catches and breaking tackles and obviously all that stuff. But I think if they played a whole season, if the Niners just played a whole season and said, we're not going to hand the ball off to to our, our receivers. We're just going to line up and run routes and go. I, I, I just don't know how effective Samuel looks in that scenario. And I think we're now reaching a point where the Niners are, are understanding that about where he is physically in his career. And you mentioned all the stuff about his playing style. And now they have Christian McCaffrey and and maybe Jordan Mason or Ty Davis Price with Elijah Mitchell. And now the Debo handoff stuff isn't as necessary and may not be used as much. Maybe he only gets 20 carries in a year. And at that point, I I I wonder if he's just kind of a, a good receiver, whereas I think IU can be great. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's fair. I think that's all on the table. Um, can we get to the thing I really, really wanted to talk about most? Uh, yeah, fine. We can talk about Ronnie episode? Bell. Um, close. Um, have you seen Chris Connolly's spider graph? <laughs> you know what? You know, I actually, I have. <laughs> no, I have because he's been a free agent a couple times. And I've been like, dude, big fast guy. <laughs> so Chris Connolly, for those who have not been on mockdraftable.com and searched which his like name, which like what are you us. doing with your life? Um <laughs> Chris Connolly, 6'2, 213. Okay, pretty good for a receiver, right? Arm length 33 and three quarters, 92nd percentile, pretty good length. Uh 10 yard split, 153, 68 percentile, not amazing, not terrible. Uh, 40 yard dash in 2015 coming out three, two, four, three, five, 91st percentile. Okay. He can move a little bit Four three guy vertical jump 45 inches, 99th percentile. You almost spit out <laughs> oh your ice, God. your ice beverage there. Broad jump 139 inches, 99th percentile. <laughs> um, yeah, can just, you play the three for the Kings? <laughs> just a uh, just an absurd athlete. Uh, not much change of direction. 70, 706. Yeah, I was going to say, has not been that good of a wide receiver in the NFL. And just hasn't been that good. So he's in camp. He's uh, he's going to be given a, a chance. He played played with the Chiefs a little bit. Um, I'm curious. I, I'm really curious about Danny Gray. Yes, that was going to be my next question. Because... So on like my last feel... 53 man projection, he is not on the team. Yeah. So Brandon, Ayuk, Debo, Samuel, Juwan Jennings firmly entrenched as the top three Ray, Ray McLeod, the top return man. I think he got better as the season went on last year in the return game. I think you can pencil him in or maybe, maybe pen him in with that number four spot. Somebody who's going to be active on game days. Right. Right. Yes. Ray's McLeod. 
uh the 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 fifth guy really you'd love it to be Danny Gray because he was a third round pick but you know I'm I'm hearing I'm hearing that reports that you know Ronnie Bell might be better than Danny Gray like right now or at least he was in the spring program Ronnie did Bell, a person who did not attend the University of Michigan tell you that uh yes actually oh okay good okay <laughs> a non <laughs> uh, a non Wolverine alum told me that uh, Willie Sneed, somebody the 49ers have have liked no. and have active on game days. I'm just saying, like they, you know, they like special teams guys. They like guys who block in the running game. I think Willie Sneed can be that. Like Danny Gray to make the team as a fifth receiver is gonna have to be like a special teams dude if he's gonna be up on game days. And Do he's not. gonna have to block. And I don't know that they love th- those aspects of his game right now. Do not underestimate the value in to Kyle Shanahan. It feels like especially, but to any coach, but especially to Kyle Shanahan, do not underestimate the value of a guy who just knows where to line up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That that's true. Is pre- and it's such a it's such a stark contrast to somebody like Andy Reid, because you hear in the Super Bowl about like guys were lined up in the wrong place, but they just ran the play anyways. It feels like that never would happen with the 49ers because they're not going to roll somebody out there who doesn't know where to be. But we're looking at, I'm going to, I've got it at five wide receivers right now. I can't imagine a team that's built like this team is built offensively is going to roll out six wide receivers. So I've got it at five. And you talk about guys just like knowing where to line up and knowing what it takes to to make a team. That's where I don't think Willie Sneed or Chris Conley is going to make the roster, the initial 53-man roster. Maybe they stick around on the practice squad. That's yeah. what Willie Sneed did last year. Yeah. Bill Sneed could probably could probably be on the practice squad and not get plucked. Right. But the other guys are Tay Martin, undrafted guy last year. Larry Kruger, big Tay Martin guy. Daz Newsom, uh, former Bears receiver, and Isaiah Winstead, undrafted receiver this year. I'm kind of ruling all those guys out. It feels like the last roster spot, that fifth roster spot, is is Ronnie Bell or Danny Gray. I would and, agree. And Ronnie Bell probably gives you more in the return game. Yeah. I, I Danny Gray, he has we we know he it's game changing speed. But in this offense and in, in Kyle Shanahan's system, it's just not running fast in a straight line get does not get you anywhere. You have to know where to line up. I don't you I mean he lo- run he, the he, right routes. He does like a guy who can potentially like clear out a safety. Right? Like Travis yeah, Benjamin wasn't do, right. wasn't any good, but like had a roster spot. Right, because Travis Benjamin was a veteran who'd been in the offense and knew where to line up. Right. But and like, knew where to stand. I would say I would say that Shanahan does like having a speed guy, though. Yeah, yeah. And like I think, in an ideal think, version of his Ray offense, Ray McLeod, I think Ray Ray McLeod takes care of that. Okay. It did. Am I? Is that wrong? No, I don't think you're wrong. I just I like I think Kyle Shanahan when they drafted Danny Gray, they viewed him as the Travis Benjamin, Marquise Goodwin type who can stretch a defense. I don't that's know that crazy. Then that's then that's crazy. They took him in the third round. Well, that's I mean, wild. 
Yeah, we, we've seen them miss on, look, as often as the 49ers have hit with skill guys, they've also missed. Mm-hmm. Like, this could definitely be, I'm just saying that they envision Danny Gray as being a stretch the field type of receiver. Because that's what he was field, in college. I think a stretch the field type of receiver, but also like jet sweeps. Yeah. Going into the middle that's been cleared out and turning a short throw into a long touchdown. I just don't, again, I'm not, I'm not in the room with these guys, you know, grinding tape and, and at practice knowing what they need to work on. But the bottom line is that's the fifth roster spot and you hit the nail on the head. If you're not playing special teams, you're not making the team. Yeah. That's just, that's, that's the very bottom line. There's a very real scenario where we're talking about Danny Gray getting traded in late August because they're like, yeah, I agree. Like another team will be like, yeah, we really liked him in the draft. We we have a, you know, we have a specific role for him in mind on a fifty-three man roster where the Niners are like, yeah, he's he's not beating out Willie Sneed or Ronnie Bell on special teams. So like, he might be a more useful player on offense, but we have Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, yeah. and Juwan Jennings and Ray Ray McLeod. Like we. We we need this fifth spot to be a special teams guy. The only the only way, and Rare McLeod was a good return guy last year. The only way I think Danny Gray and Ronnie Bell both make the team is a if they keep six receivers, but b if they keep five and McLeod just really struggles with fumbling in in training camp in the preseason, and Ronnie Bell is a really good return guy and Danny Gray is going to be the field stretcher guy on offense and he's going to play six snaps a game yeah but uh, i mean ultimately they took gray in the third round and his his average depth of target last year was like 45 yards every time the ball was thrown to him he was way the hell down there yeah and i just i think if he's going to stick around it's a the special teams thing but b like he has to just impact the offense more than just run fast in a straight line yeah, I agree. There's that there that's just such a low percentage play that he needs to do something else. When they drafted him, they didn't do it with the expectation that like, oh, this guy's an awesome practice player. It was like this guy's got work to do. Right. Yes, right. And He's fast as hell. Yeah. Like they yeah. love they like his speed, they like his toughness, but like when it comes to attention to detail, like that that is a position that Kyle Shanahan coaches Harder than Very hard. any other. Maybe quarterback's the only other one you could really talk about it like that. But like he really is hard on receivers and particularly their details and the way they run routes. And for whatever reason, Danny Gray wasn't, you know, it was tough for him last year. So he's got some work to do to not be the receiver equivalent of, you know, Trey Sermon. Yeah, I agree. Hey, can I real quick before we get out of here? Mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> this is one of those things that he's going to get cut like three days into camp, but I'm really excited to watch Isaiah Winstead play football. Do you know what number he's wearing? This is an abomination. Oh, no. What number is he wearing? He's number 28. What? Yeah. I'm I, I'm out. <laughs> no longer excited to watch Isaiah Winstead. Get him off the team. What are we doing here? In fairness, what? it might not. It, it. 
it's probably not his call. He's probably not just like, hey guys, yeah, give they me threw a jersey at him. Yeah, yeah they they're probably they're low on numbers in the offseason. They just they, just giving away Trey Sermon's number. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Carlos Hyde just besmirching his legacy. <laughs> um, yeah, Isaiah Winstead, six four, two thirteen from East Carolina. He's the guy that went undrafted and then didn't get signed, and then posted a social media video of his practices and him oh, just yeah, doing yeah. really cool shit in practice. And again, that's practice at East Carolina. But I don't know, a guy at 6'4", 213 with good body control like that. I don't know. I just want to can I see it? I mean it's not it's not like I mean, the maybe Niners, you can do some stuff. We we just talked about Kyle Shanahan. It's not like the Niners have like never developed a receiver before, never like found what to like identified good ones, right? Yeah. So like if the 49ers sign a dude like that, like we can give him the benefit of the doubt. It's not Jim Tom Sewell being like, oh, I like that guy's tape. You know, like it's this is, that sounded this is like a Kyle a, that sounded like an I think you should leave character. <laughs> I don't watch that show. But um there was uh yeah like I, I like that guy's tape. <laughs> if if I mean, I don't know if Kyle Shanahan was like grinding social media tape and if he really had played hey, any role. I promise in the he wasn't. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan was in Mexico and got a text from like, <laughs> got a text from Adam Peters and Shanahan was like, yeah, sure, sign him, whatever. Hey, how many, how many times has Kyle Shanahan been sent a social media video of a player and he clicks the link and it says to view this video, you must sign up. And then he exits it and just never responds. Just doesn't have Twitter, the Twitter app or like no chance. Facebook on his phone. Does he have YouTube? You think? Yeah, I okay. think he does. Yeah. I think Shanahan has YouTube and Netflix and like that's it. Yeah. I think that's, pro- I bet a sneaky, I think Kyle Shanahan probably is a YouTube highlight guy. <laughs> Like there'll be some random player that some scout is like, hey, check this guy out. And he's like, I'm not popping in the all 22. Let me YouTube the highlights. Kalen Laburn was a YouTube highlight signing for show. <laughs> you, you think Bobby Turner came with this like super extensive 10 page written breakdown scouting report and Shannon just, answered just pulled all up YouTube. my phone calls. How, how do you spell his name? <laughs> Is that H A or A H? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely how that happened. Does no, Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan has a, a disdain. Does Kyle Shanahan have a burner account on Twitter? No, I don't think he does either. I think Shanahan has a disdain for TV copy. Like, I think the TV angle, like, if he were it, when he's forced to watch a football game from the TV broadcast and the angle, I think he like like gets a twitch. Is like who what who would ever watch a game from this angle? You can't see anything downfield. You don't know yeah. what the quarterback's looking at. How are we supposed to say whether he's playing well or not? Yeah. Dude, that's what one of the things Chris Collinsworth talks about, how hard it is to make that adjustment from player to broadcaster. Mm-hmm. Because you're so used to seeing the game from the 22 players and viewing it that way. And now you're it's basically just ball watching. Yeah, but you're also trying to view because he's looking at like what safeties are doing who aren't even on the screen. Wild. I want to see it. I want to see because you know how they're like those alternate broadcasts. Mm-hmm. I want to see more of the alternate broadcasts just have like the hovering camera behind, like the flying mm-hmm. camera that's behind the play, 
Yeah. Where at least you get an elevated view of, of sort of what the quarterback's looking at. I want that view full time for an entire broadcast. Like the Madden if, view? Yeah, the Madden view and see if it mm-hmm. catches on. And I want to see it in the NBA too. Yeah. I mean, they experiment with all sorts of weird ass angles. Yeah. Like, why not I, give I, me your look? Why, if you're on Monday Night Football, nobody, there's nothing happening on ESPN too, I promise. Hit me with the alternate broadcast view on ESPN too. Yeah, like give Eli and Peyton the the quarterback view, the men. Hundred percent. Honestly, I would even take because that would be a shock to the casual football watcher system. I think. I would even take the side view, but the all twenty two version. Yeah, it's too like small. the like above the. You need you need like a sixty five inch TV. Not everyone's got those. Well, catch up. I'm with you. <laughs> All right. I think that the four receivers we mentioned, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, Ray McLeod are on the team, and there's a battle for the fifth roster spot with Ronnie Bell, Danny Gray, et al. And right now, I think Ronnie Bell's going to make it. I think Ronnie Bell's got some dog in him oh, that Kyle Shanahan's going to appreciate. And the fact yeah. that he bounced back and had his best year in college a year after tearing his ACL. I like it. I'm in. Don't sleep on Chris Connolly just jumping 50 inches in the red zone. You know what? We do know Kyle Shanahan loves himself an athletic freak who hasn't been very productive. <laughs> if there's one thing I know about Kyle Shanahan. You know who I liked leading into the draft a couple years ago? Was it two years ago Daz Newsom came out? Yeah, I think last year was his rookie year. I I, I did a little bit of Daz Newsom work. I kind of liked what I saw. I thought he would be good for the Niners. Ended up not being being great for the Bears. So now he's on the Niners. Yeah, so. That's big for you. You're that's on Daz Newsome Island alone. I'm not moving over there with you right now. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I don't feel great about it. I, I, you know, like I, the property I have doesn't have any plumbing. There's no foundation there. What? My man has a neck tattoo that I cannot read, and I'm not judging. It is just who's this? It goes across Daz Newsome. Oh, okay. It's like Google. Just go to the Niners roster and scroll down to Daz Newsome and click on his like pr- player profile photo, mm-hmm. which is poor, poorly photoshopped, by the way. But um, he has this neck. I, Mel, I can't read what it says, but it's, it's this like content. word. It's above his chest and like across his neck. That's crazy. That's nutso. Let me uh control F Daz. As somebody I have several tattoos, not to brag, but there I did one up on my chest on the right side, and it hurt like a mother. To go above the chest and then just across the neck, that's a level of toughness that I can't fathom. Yeah, I can't read it. I think it starts with a... It looks like an H. An H or yeah, a four. I'm not gonna try to do it. Maybe anyways. Yeah. Our podcast is over now. I thought there was like breaking news, like no, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's my fault. Can trade for that. LeBron James. 
No, I would have. I would have said a four-letter word. Yeah. Um. And yeah. That happened. Subscribe, rate, and review. Shout out Lamb Chops. Uh. Shout out. Shout Oakley. out Oakley. We will. Shout out Tyler, our guy. That's who we. Hey, Tyler's been with us through most of this. All of it. I think through most all of it. it. Yeah. Shout At out least, to Tyler. We should. Have, not, we should have shouted him out earlier on. If not all five hundred and one episodes, like four hundred and ninety of them. Yeah. And having somebody who can, who we know is going to take this pod and then cut it up and make it sound good, is super valuable. And he will help us out super late at night or super early in the morning and is always willing to kind of drop what he's doing to answer our questions or or post a pod. So 501 episodes, a lot of them have a lot of the audio come in has come in like super late at night. And there's never been one time where the podcast hasn't been up the following morning. Nope. So shout out Tyler. That's insane. Unbelievable. And hugely valuable. And we really We have we have multiple especially during football season when we're recording episodes that we're starting them at like eleven forty five PM. Yeah. And we'll send it and be like, Hey bro, if this doesn't get up, right, like, no worries. And sure enough, wake up six o'clock, there it is. Ciao story again. Shouts to Tyler. Love that. All right. All right. We will see you guys later. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com